Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction, the first of 2022. It's been a couple weeks. I've been dying to talk to you guys. And uh, with me, as usual, to start out the year is Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's going on, man? How was your, how did, how did he put it? Your dark Christmas holiday filled with death and despair yeah a winter of a winter of death and death and terror or some crazy shit uh you know yeah. i haven't experienced any i haven't experienced any of the death yet so that's been a little bit disappointing and and really not a whole lot of terror either i don't i don't know no despair uh i had to work on new year's eve so that was kind of shitty but other, otherwise it's been uh you know like any other christmas Oh, so did you get together with your family and violate all of Fauci's uh, dictates? Absolutely. There were, uh, I think there were about 15, 15, 20 people in that house at, at oh, any given time. My, oh my God. Uh, my sister-in-law has six kids and then so <laughs> You guys have so many kids. <laughs> hey, look, God, God said go forth and uh, be fruitful. Yeah, be fruitful and multiply. And apparently this family took that seriously. So yeah, you guys aren't messing around. You could like start your own school. <laughs> How many kids you got? That's like 12 kids right there, right? You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that just to completely derail the conversation before you even get started. So, you know, I've been talking about for a couple months that so we're purchasing the property that used to be my wife's grandparents and gonna be moving up there and everything and expanding our farm and, and whatnot. Well, there's like an open lot as part of the property. And at Christmas, my wife was talking to her sister about like moving down there. And so they were talking about like getting a, a mobile home or a trailer or something and putting it on like the open lot. And so my wife was like, if they did that, then we just homeschool all the all the kids with her. Cause she already homeschools all six of hers. It's like, we can just have a, have our own little school system. Oh, that's great. Well, I mean, that didn't totally derail things because I am going to start off the shows, I think, asking you what hillbilly thing you've been up to this past week. And now you've had two weeks of hillbilly activities to update us on. So did you finish all that chicken wire and did you corral all your animals for the move? Not yet. I I actually bought a barn instead. <laughs> so, oh. so once the barn, once the barn gets delivered, then I'll then I'll finish up all of the fencing and everything and move the animals. But I, I, I wanted to have a, a nice enclosed little thing to, uh, cause our goat is probably a week or week or two away from having babies. So, you know, I want to have a nice spot for, for the baby goats, uh, where they're not out in the, out in the weather and stuff. So. So you're going to have multiple goats now. 
Yeah. Yeah. The plan is to, uh, so we can sell the babies. Uh, apparently they go for anywhere from 150 to 300 bucks around here. And then, and then with the, uh, after she, you know, has the babies, you can continue to milk for ever, as long as you keep doing it. So, so then we can have goat milk and make cheese and soaps and all kinds of fun stuff. So we're about yeah. to go, we're about to go full on agorist here. I, that might be a big problem for me if I have if, with agorism and goat milk and goat cheese. I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't know when we all got together where the conference was, where we decided to put fucking goat cheese on everything. And ugh, it's like, it's like a nightmare for me. And it's, it's in every salad now, especially when you go to like weddings and stuff, it's always like goat cheese and beets and goat cheese and this and goat cheese pizza. I, I can't stand it. I don't, I really don't like the, the store-bought goat cheeses, but you can like, you can make your own cheese and you can make like breeze and different, different types of cheeses. Um, so a little side project I've been doing is a three day a week morning show. And a couple of the guys that I do that with are agorists. And one of them raises goats and like makes his own cheese and, and butter and stuff. And so he and I've been talking about it. like there, you have a lot of flexibility and options with the goat milk on and what kind of cheese you make, like the, the store-bought goat cheese. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the same boat with you. Like I hate that shit. That's awful. But apparently you can, you can make your own cheese and, uh, have a little bit of flexibility with, with what you make. Can you make it taste less goaty? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and see, that's, that's an interesting thing. Like, because I do a lot of hunting and there are ways to like with deer meat and, and wild game, there are ways to prepare the meat where that you take a lot of that real gamey flavor out of it. So I'm sure yeah. with goat milk, there's, there's a way to, to cure it or pasteurize it where that you can remove a lot of that goatiness from it and and get it to have like a more normal taste yeah oh god i couldn't i've never had goat milk because i hate the cheese so much somebody i was talking to i think at the sayulita super spreader was talking about how he only drinks goat milk i think it was there and i was just like utterly disgusted <laughs> get it utterly <laughs> very nice all right, man. Well, yeah, uh, I had a great holiday as well. Uh, I went to Portland. That's why there haven't been episodes for a couple of weeks. I was in Portland at my sister's for about a week. And then I, I came back here and I moved. I'm in a new location now, as you can tell by my background. Got a little more flair. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I've been moving and shaking and having the uh, had a great New Year's as well went out to uh, my, my aunt, uncle and cousin are down here with uh, some of their friends. So we all went out to dinner and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great, but it's time to get back to work here on the podcast. I hope everybody else had a nice holiday holidays, actually Christmas. And well, you know, some of us are celebrating Kwanzaa like uh, Kamala Harris. <laughs> I mean, that, that makes sense. A, uh, a fake politician would, go and celebrate a fake holiday that's true <laughs> maybe that's the one time she was actually telling the truth <laughs> it really is just unbelievable how transparently phony she is and like all of the all of the politicians that were sort of in the running for the the democratic party were just terrible at being like you know like barack obama was great at 
like convincing you that he was like the nicest guy in the world and that he really cared about you. And he was very convincing and he was a great order. And, and now it's just like, <laughs> we're left with Joe, Joe Biden, just bumbling around, losing his train of thought, probably wearing diapers. And then, yeah, uh, Kamala Harris, who's just like, they can't, you, you spend your entire, your entire life, your entire professional career is to just fake who you are and they can't they can't even do that it's amazing that they've made it into the upper echelons of of politics being that bad at it what see now i lost it did you see there was like a clip where they asked kamala a question and she just completely like went blank she she didn't even have she couldn't even formulate a good lie for the for the answer to answer the question with i wish i could remember what it was they asked her now it was it was hilarious. Like she, she just got that deer in the headlights look. Yeah. I mean, it, it's gotta be so easy to fool them because they've been coddled like their entire career. It's not like they've had a, um, you know, a, a, a press core that was hostile towards them. That was asking them even like moderately tough questions. Like it's, it's always been basically T-ball. I wouldn't even say softball. Like they just put it up on the T for you. And you can't like it, it's really hard to miss it. Um, and, and then as soon as they start tossing, you know, just lobbing softballs at them that you'd think would be a really easy question to answer, it wouldn't take any preparation whatsoever. <laughs> you can you can throw them through a million loops. It 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 would be so satisfying to just get access to the press corps for just like one day and get to ask a couple of questions that they can't, you know, squirm their way out of. It would be even that too, like the just their body language and, and the way that they don't answer questions is as revealing as anything they've ever said. Well, like Kamala, she always reverts to the the Joker laugh whenever she gets like right. tongue tied or stumped on something. She just starts cackling like a psychopath. Right. Yeah. She's like, got a nervous cackle. where she's just like, and, and that's like the most unnerving thing. Like her face when she does that, it, I'm not easily scared and that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of terrifying politicians, I have to give a shout out to my hometown of Chicago, because while we were away on vacation celebrating the holidays, Lori Lightfoot took to Twitter. And I got to tell you, I have never been I've never had such a visceral reaction to a politician saying something. I couldn't believe the the way that she phrased this, but for those of you not familiar with what's going on in Chicago and a, a bunch of other major cities across the, the U.S., they're, as of uh, yesterday, instituting vaccine mandates for just about everything. Hang on, let me pull this up here. So, yeah. Is she, just, is she all right? Because it looks like her eyes are drifting further towards the sides of her head. Like she, is she becoming a deer or what? Uh, I, <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. Like, well, she's probably, you know, an alien inside a human's body. Like the lizard and, person costume or the, uh, the human costume that her lizard person self is wearing is starting to break down. And, and because Chicago is doing so poorly, they can't afford to buy her a new one. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, in men in black, when the, the bug jumps inside of Edgar <laughs> or what is his name? Edgar. Yeah. It's like somebody was wearing Edgar. <laughs> and he deteriorates over time. Like that's yeah. Lori Lightfoot. 
Yeah, well, and Chicago is so goddamn broke that they probably couldn't afford to upgrade the, the suit um, without raising my property taxes again. Anybody that's good at Photoshop, like Photoshop Lori Lightfoot into the Edgar suit. Oh, yes. Somebody do that <laughs> and, and send it to me uh, at Pedal Fiction on Twitter. Uh, but so, yeah, as of January 3rd, proof of vaccination will be required for certain indoor public places. And by certain, they mean just about everywhere you want to go. So indoor dining, indoor fitness, indoor entertainment and recreation venues where food and beverages are served. Anyone, and this is like the, the most infuriating part, anyone five years and older will be required to be fully vaccinated to enter these locations. Now, they, they backpedaled a little bit on the food stuff. They said, if you're going to pick up an order. You don't have to be fully vaccinated. Like you can run in and grab your food and run out. <laughs> that's about it. And I mean, so that's like the the main announcement, just like, you know, from the Chicago Department of Health. That's what they tweeted out. Lori, like the gave, thing in did you see the thing in New York where like cops dragged a five year old out of a restaurant? No, because he wasn't vaccinated. Like it's it's hitting levels of. Uh, insanity that I think the average person is maybe starting to to wake up a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, what was really interesting was going to Portland because I haven't, you know, I haven't talked to my my sisters really in like a long time. And my my older sister works in broadcasting in Portland. Um, But she's not, you know, she's not like one of these like crazy ideologues. But you know, some of the, th- like every, basically everything that we talk about, you know, like they hadn't heard any of this stuff, but she would have, you know, she'd be like, oh yeah, this like kind of doesn't make sense that we're doing this, we're doing that. And I was like, yeah, have you, have you read this? Have you seen that? Have you heard these? Statistics? And it's, it, they're just not aware of it. They don't, I mean, there's just a complete blackout of all this stuff going on. I'm surprised I didn't see that. Uh, when was that New York thing? Uh I think it was the week of thing, uh, the week of Christmas, or maybe the week okay. uh, right, right at Christmas. Like it was not, yeah. not that long ago. Yeah, it, were, were the parents with them? Yeah, yeah, they they removed the parents too. Yeah, I, I mean, it. We are at a level of dystopian that is just, I mean, how quickly we got here too. I mean, there was always like. You know, the U.S. would always be like, oh, like China, they're so evil, right? Because they, they censor the Internet and the, you know, they don't have free speech and they're, they're being tracked where they go and all in the, the social credit score system. And, you know, we're about two years into this. And I honestly, there's very little difference between the U.S. and China at this point. I mean, we're going to talk later in the podcast about the the Joe Rogan, uh, Robert Malone. Is that his last name, Malone? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Who got taken off of Twitter. This is a guy that did like basically created the RNA, um, you know, technology for these vaccines. He's been kicked off of Twitter. The interview has been, you know, booted from YouTube, just like the, the McCullough interview that he did a couple weeks before that with a, you know, like a board certified, uh, I forget all his credentials, but he's yeah, a real Peter McCullough is like the, the single most published, uh, doctor in his field. And he's been getting censored on all of his stuff. Then like Robert Malone, they, there was the 
I think it was a hit piece in the Atlantic that talked about or that like went after saying that he was a fraud or something and said that he didn't actually increase or didn't actually create the tech or uh, discover the technology for the mRNA vaccines. And he's like, well, I've got all of these patents for all of this stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And that gets published. And I'm sure that's still up on, on Twitter and YouTube and wherever else they put it. But this guy's been completely and anybody that, that that has been speaking from that point of view that's been questioning this narrative has been taken down. So free speech is complete. We're completely being censored. We're being propagandized. You're not allowed to uh, speak out against this stuff on any public forum, really, uh, that has any meaningful you know, following or access to the, the vast majority of people. Well, and like uh, Twitter has gotten since since Jack Dorsey stepped away from Twitter, it's gotten infinitely worse. Like they've been dropping people left and right. It, it kind of in hindsight, which I guess like some of us kind of knew it anyway. But Jack Dorsey was kind of the thing that was keeping Twitter moderately, not just completely uh, cancel crazy. And now that he's gone, it's gotten bad. Yeah. And that's the, the devil, you know, right? Right. And it, yeah, it's, it, it's just so disturbing how far we've come and how little resistance there's been. And, you know, like now we have like in place like Chicago, New York, uh, California, Philly's doing it right. Um, all these major cities across the U.S. Have, have instituted these vaccine passports, which is like the first step in tracking you in a social credit score system. And they basically said as much. I mean, uh, we've turned into China in like a year. It's unbelievable. And that, like, tell me, like, if I just read this to you and I didn't put a politician's name to it, like Lori Lightfoot, like you would think that this could this could have come like specifically from Beijing or like, you know, some other, like, you know, like Thailand, where you're not allowed to like question any of the, the government. They'll put you in like some sort of gulag. Right. And the really funny thing is like China, to some extent, hasn't been that bad, at least as far as the COVID stuff has gone. Like they've kind of re- returned back to some semblance of normal life. Like I, I heard there is a province or something that is being lockdown again currently but uh, for the most part like over the course of 2021 you didn't hear anything out of china about any of this kind of stuff yeah yeah the xing something xing my xing my province it's something like that Uh, don't get me don't get me butchering chinese words (laughs) um i barely speak good english (laughs) so the, this is the, the Lori Lightfoot press conference. And I think she tweeted this out as well. Hey, Ziggy. How you doing, bud? Um, For anybody who doesn't watch the videos, you should definitely go over to Rumble and check out the videos because Johnny's got a beautiful quilt in the background and a dog walking through, and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dog. Um, and he's super quiet, just super chill all the time. Unless you take him for a walk, then he goes berserk. But... Um, all right. So Lori Lightfoot says this order will remain in effect, this order, right? They're not asking, they're ordering it until the city deems that the threat of COVID-19 to public health has diminished significantly. So it's up to their total discretion. There's, there's no 
you know, uh, measurable objective here that they're, that they're laying out. It's just until we say so. To put it simply, if, if you've been living vaccine-free, your time is up. If you wish to live life as with the ease to do things you love, you must be vaxxed. This health order may pose an inconvenience to the unvaccinated, and in fact, it is inconvenient by design. She actually said these fucking words out loud. Like, uh, man, they're just pulling the they're pulling the bandaid off all the way now. It's the, the the whole facade that you know that has sort of lend government its sort of like legitimacy that they work for us and oh they're just public servants that that care about gone gone the the mask is completely been ripped off they don't they don't give a shit they don't care uh and i just i can't believe that uh, a politician could get away with talking to the american people like that and granted this is just uh, you know she's the mayor but it's a big city and it's a good thing that i am like a four and a half hour flight away from that fucking hellhole uh I don't think I should be allowed within any measurable distance of Lori Life. I don't know if I can control my, I, I, somebody talks to you like that. And I mean, that really gets my Irish up. I, I, I don't understand why people still live in these cities, Chicago, New York, Detroit, LA, Portland, Seattle. What the fuck are you thinking? Like, um, if, Unless you were just a hundred percent on board with that, get the hell out. And it's right. it's not like you. Okay, I think I talked about this at some point with a family member or something here during the holidays. But like, what it takes to move away from a place. I, I've moved nine times since I got out of college. Maybe more than that. I can't remember. I lose you. You lose count eventually it really doesn't take that much to move. Like the moving itself part is the hardest thing, but like the money that's required and and stuff like that, like it's really not that big a deal. Finding a new job. It's really not that big a deal. Like it's, it's really, really easy. If you just decide, okay, I'm going to fucking do this. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm leaving. It's really not that hard, but people are so, people are so scared to do anything that challenges them that they'll just sit there and be under the thumb of complete tyranny and not take any action to fix their situation. It's crazy to me. Just crazy. Yeah. And, and this is coming from a guy that has to corral a bunch of chickens and goats before he picks up and leaves. And kids, uh, the do. goats and the chickens are the easy part. <laughs> That's true. It's got half a dozen kids. <laughs> um, yeah. All I have to do is get, get some movers in here to like pack up my TV and move that. But it, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable how far the uh, they call it the the Overton window has shifted. Like freedom now, as far as the vast majority of Americans are concerned, is just being able to walk around without a mask mandate. That's it. Then they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm so free over here in Texas and in Florida because I don't have to wear a mask when I walk into a, a restaurant or something." That's <laughs> like, in, in other words, just like. Going back, like if you were to talk to those people in 2018, they would have been talking about 
all kinds of tyranny that they were facing, you know, and like freedom and liberty are at stake and blah, blah, blah. Now they just want to get back to that. That's how far they've been able to shift this. And I mean, as soon as I saw that, um, that announcement out of Chicago, like there was very little chance that I was ever going to spend another night in that godforsaken city, but it's, it's over. Like I'm, I'm putting my, I have, I still have a condo there. It's going on the market. As soon as I can get my act together, I'm selling it and I'm gone. I'm fucking gone. Uh, there's no, and I have a lot of friends there still. Uh, they should come join me. <laughs> I, I'm not going back to that. I'm not giving them another fucking dime. I, I can't, I, I can't in good conscience support that kind of fucking behavior. It's, it's despicable. And they're, they're coming after five-year-old kids. They're going to inject them with all this like experimental gene therapy stuff that Robert Malone's going to, the guy who created the fucking technology has the patents for it is going to talk about here in a minute. But I, I, this is just disgusting. And I can't believe that, like you said, there are so many people that are on board with it. Like there are people that are cheering it along. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't really follow this sort of stuff. And, you know, you talk about like Portland and play, like they're in these bubbles where they don't see a lot of the, the news that we see. They get the, they get a lot of the propaganda and unfortunately uh, they've, they've bought into a lot of it and it's, man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm so done with that, that I'm more done than I was last year and I was done last year. So, um, but it, yeah, it's, it's liberating to move. It, it is scary. You know, um, when I first came down to Mexico, I was like, hey, I'll just go down for like a month, month and a half, whatever, hang out. And as soon as you kind of get away from that thing, it's, it's like an abusive relationship that you didn't know you were, you didn't know how abusive it was until you got out of it. And, and then you realize you're like, Oh shit, like I can just keep doing this. And granted, I'm more of an extreme example, I guess, cause I'm in another country, but it's, it's even not, it's not even that hard to do it here. I mean, like, yeah, every six months I got to figure out how I'm going to renew my visa, but um, that, you know, maybe I'll, I'm, I'm starting to talk about getting my uh, temporary residency here and we'll go from there. I don't know. Uh, well, well, like here I, in the U S you know, if you live in middle America somewhere and you're in a big city, that's been locked down, you could probably move 30 miles out into the country and still afford to commute to your job. Like, like for, for, for where we live currently, we're pretty rural where we're going is even more rural. And the cost of living, so the cost of living here is probably three quarters of what it is, you know, 10 miles east of here in town. Where we're going, it's about half of what it is here, where I'm already, you know, pretty, pretty low end. So you can, you can actually go out not that far into the country and the difference in your cost of living would more than afford you to be able to make that longer commute. And I got to say, for somebody who drives an hour one way to work every day, there is something to be said for a little extra commute time. It gives you time to, gives you time to wind up and get ready for work. It gives you time to wind down on the way home from work. Like there's something to be said for a little extra drive time. Plus then you can listen to great podcasts like Pedaling Fiction and, you know, have, have a really good day. So So get out of cities. 
Yeah, I, especially the ones that are going to treat you like a fucking prisoner. They think, you know, and this, I mean, it kind of goes back to everything that we would talk about with the language that they use for taxes and things like that. They think that you, they own you. They own 100% of you. That's that's what they believe. And, you know, the, the tax rate might only be 25% for you or 30% or 40%, but it's only that because that's what they've decided. Um, that they, they believe that anything they allow you to keep is their gift to you. Uh, they, you know, <laughs> Lincoln never freed the slaves. Okay. Like we, we all just got enslaved in a different way and they they've enslaved our minds and it's, it's sick. It's disgusting. It's, it's worse than any, like, I would rather be physically enslaved than mentally enslaved and to see, you know, to see what we're doing again to the kids with with these mask mandates and vaccines and the the ramifications that, like i don't even know nobody knows like what's going to happen after like a few years of these kids growing up and never seeing anybody's face like how often do you you know you'd see those articles like 90% of communication is like body language and facial expressions and these kids are going to be like really disturbed and for no fucking reason whatsoever. None of this stuff is working. None of it's necessary. That's why I'm such a proponent of like the video side of these conversations and stuff. Like I I really love for, for your show when you were doing some interviews and stuff and we had those going on and for the other shows that I work for with the interviews that they do, the, the video side of it is so much more gratifying than the, than just the audio only. Because you see these facial expressions and the reactions that they have as the conversation goes on and, and it allow or it provides a level of depth and, and, and like, a, a, uh, like an intimate connection between the people who are talking that you don't get when you just hear the words. And, and that's something that an entire generation of kids is completely being robbed of is that that intimate connection of the, the way the face lights up and the way the, the, you know, the eyes move and the mouth moves and, you know, seeing the, the, the little crow's feet, whenever somebody smile, like there's so <laughs> yeah, much, <laughs> I don't know, I'm getting old, so I've got it, but you know, there's so much that is communicated without actually saying a single word and they are losing that. Like they are missing that. And it, it, it's, it's going to ruin a generation really. Like just this two years, if it doesn't, if it ended today, it will still have just completely fucked them up. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take like therapy to get over it. So I guess the therapy uh, industry, therapist industry might be booming in a, in a few years, but yeah. And then on top of that, you, you add in the economic crisis that, you know, we're right on the precipice of they're like, these kids are going to be completely screwed for you know the most formative years of their lives and then the years where you you know you sort of make your nut and and create you know uh, a life and a family and you get a house all this stuff like none of it's even been attainable for you know our generation thanks to like the debt that all these uh, college grads have been saddled with and uh, they've just done, they've done a tremendous job of destroying everyone's like everyone's lives they've and, you know, it's hard to like, even just be like, oh, well, you know, they had good intentions. I, I don't know. I, I'm not one that, that, that sees a lot of good intentions in these things. I, I think they want to create a class of dependent lemmings 
that they can just control like this. I mean, you're telling me that Lori Lightfoot has good intentions talking to you like that. And how many other politicians are like talking like that just behind closed doors and have been doing it their entire careers? You know, the, the Joe Bidens of the world that have been there for 30, 40 years. You don't think they think the same way that, that Lori Lightfoot does, that you're just a bunch of fucking pissants that need to do what they say when they say it? Yeah, I, I don't believe any of them have good intentions. They have the intentions of whatever is going to be beneficial for them in right. the short term. Which, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, somewhat human nature, but they're also really despicable people that gravitate toward these positions. And yeah, they're going to do what's in their best interest, just like everybody else would. But we just, you know, our our best interests usually align with the good of humanity because we're not blood soaked monsters, DC. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzati.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzati, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee. Promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. Um, anyway, we should, uh, we should probably move on here. Um, I do want to talk about the, uh, the Joe Rogan podcasts that have been going on that have been going viral despite the big tech's censorship, you know, big tech, big tech's best efforts to um, destroy him along with the the corporate press. It it seems like Joe Rogan is winning this fucking battle and it's not even close. Like if this was like an MMA fight that he's announcing, he's just landing haymaker after haymaker and Joe Rogan, the announcer is just going crazy (laughs) next to the ring while this guy is just beating. It's a, it's almost time for the referee to come in and break it up somehow. And I I don't know. I, I I'm still shocked that Spotify, I mean, I know they had this deal that says he can do whatever he wants. Basically. I'm surprised they uh, haven't reneged on it. He talked about that. I I think it was the, uh, Oh, Alex Berenson interview. He was talking about that, that uh, Spotify is not American owned. And so the ownership is a little more cool with allowing him to say and do whatever he wants because they, they, they aren't subjected to all of the pressures of being in the U S. Interesting. Yeah. So they can't get dragged in front of Congress and, and whipped into submission like the rest of these pussy fucking tech entrepreneurs right i I mean like what's the point of having billions of dollars if you're just gonna let the the government push you around like that i mean if there's anything fuck you money is for it's to tell those people the lori lightfoots of the world and everyone in congress to fuck off i mean i i don't know it's what i would do with it (laughs) among other things and talking about joe uh joe rogan and kind of the 
the platform that he has. I think I think if I was reading it right, and I'm kind of trying to trying to fact check my own numbers as I uh, on the fly here, but like CNN had like under six hundred thousand views in like prime time over uh, a couple weeks ago, and may, it might have even been last week. And during that same, uh, let's see. Okay, so it was the week of it was the week of Christmas. They were having like around five hundred and eighty to six hundred thousand views during prime time, whereas Joe Rogan's podcast is pulling like fifty million. Yeah, I, I mean he is just absolutely crushing it, and I get that is the the white pill of today's episode. I guess is that, like I said, he's he is just knocking them the fuck out. It's not even close anymore. And I, you know, they can, they can kick him off of Twitter too, if they want, but I don't think you can stop it at this point though. There's all these other alternative things that if people want to seek it out, they can, I mean, it's a little inconvenient, right. To have to, especially for people like me that have to learn how to use rumble and whatever these other ones are, <laughs> but Honestly, all the new uh, Twitter alternatives like float. Yeah. Getter getter is the one that Robert Malone had, had kind of, Oh yeah. About and, and Rogan even tweeted about it. Yeah. I still don't know what the hell that is, but yeah, like the Twitter alternative, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. And by me, I mean you, <laughs> you know, it's not like, I, I think enough people have, have um, latched on to those, these alternative media sources that they're like, even if you take them off of, you know, one of the big, you take them off of YouTube, they'll still find them on something else because they've, it, I think it's been completely obvious what, what's been going on with the corporate press carrying water for this, uh, this dystopian totalitarian uh, COVID regime thing. That's just, I, I, I can't, I, I'm still just at a loss how quickly it's been and like how, like how much longer are we going to do this? You know what I mean? It's we're coming up on two years of, of walking around with these masks on and they're not doing anything. We had a year, we just had, you know, 20, 2021 was a full year of vaccines. I mean, how many boosters have we, there's at least one booster, right? Are there two boosters yet? Israel. I think Israel, Israel has like four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Israel's up to the second booster. So four total shots, I believe is correct. Uh, right now the U S is only at three and, and they got some pushback from the FDA back a few months ago. And then a, a couple people, like a couple of the top advisors for the FDA resigned over it and then they approved the boosters. So, so there has been some pushback here in the States on the boosters, uh, but especially now, like they're they're pushing the boosters really hard now in in the you know, in the face of Omicron, which has proven itself to be a, uh, a vaccine. What's the what's the word that they use for it? Like it, it's a uh, it avoids or uh, shoot. There's a really specific term that they use for it. And I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but anyway, it, it's it doesn't the, the, the vaccine doesn't really do anything with Omicron, but, but they're still doubling down on, yes, we know Omicron avoids the vaccine, but you should get more vaccines. Yeah. I mean, it, nothing, none of this makes any sense if you're looking at it from, you know, a, a public health perspective, unless it's a, about controlling people. 
and getting them into this sort of system where uh, they, God knows what they're going to do with it. But yeah, it's like, okay, so this is a, you know, a variant that is evasive, I guess, is uh, against this vaccine. Like it slips through it like a, you know, a hot knife through butter, but that like their answer to that, like their answer to everything is doubling down on failed policies. It's like, oh, well, we got another, we have another surge coming. Let's, let's lock down again and get another booster shot. And it's like, well, did that work the first time? No. Did it work the second time? No. Third time's a charm, but you know, not if you're in Israel. <laughs> See, this is a good segue into the Robert Malone interview. And, and also, like, we can talk about the, the Peter McCullough interview. That, like, you want to pull up some of those, uh, the clips and stuff? Because, like, yeah. he, was, he was talking about some of this stuff. And, and like, a, uh, specifically, like, with Israel. And I'm trying to remember. So there are some demographic differences. But, like, Israel and Palestine are, are like, really good kind of side-by-side comparisons because they are literally side-by-side where is where israel is on like the you have to have had the booster to be considered fully vaccinated and they're in the works with a a fourth you know the fourth shot the second booster whatever you want to call it whereas palestine and and israel has almost like full compliance whereas palestine is almost the polar opposite and you're still seeing cases spiking in israel whereas that's not happening in palestine and and like there there have been some some mention of like the demographic differences like the palestinians are uh typically a younger population than the israelis but like still you're still seeing like all of this uh excessive vaccination and boostering and everything in israel and not seeing that literally right next door in palestine and the the distinct difference between cases continuing to rise in Israel and not in Palestine. Like, I mean, it's, it's literally right there, a side-by-side comparison. And, but that, that, that doesn't get talked about in the, in the media anywhere at all. No, no. And, and that, you know, that research is either not being done or not being released to the vast majority of, of the world, let alone the American people. I mean, they're like, and none of these stu- none of these studies were, you know, they, they talk about following the science. None of these studies followed the, the typical scientific method of doing, you know, one of these trials for these vaccines. They abandoned the control groups after like a couple of weeks. The one the one study had more people dying in the vaccine group than in the control group. Right. It was like was- 16 versus 14 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were like even the the ones who got the placebo versus the ones that got the the vaccine. Uh, it was pretty much even. Like they were they were dying at almost the same rate. And, right. and like and one of the things that uh, Robert Malone had talked about on the Rogan episode was how if somebody had like an adverse reaction or something like after the first shot, then they would be removed from the trial. And so then they didn't they didn't get counted in the trial because they only got the one shot. So because they didn't get both shots, it, it didn't count. Like like the way that the way that they skewed the numbers and 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 manipulated. And he had a Rogan had another episode with uh, uh, Dr. Abramson who like did the uh, the research for the Pfizer lawsuit, the like the biggest 
the biggest settlement in medical history. Uh, yeah. And he talked about how like the, the pharmaceutical companies, they control the data. So like when you see peer reviewed, uh, like peer reviewed data on these vaccines and on these medications and stuff, the thing that is peer reviewed is whatever data and information the pharmaceutical company released to be peer reviewed. So they comb through it and they cherry pick what they want to be in that report. And then it gets peer reviewed by the people who are looking at it. But the people who are looking at it never actually get the raw data that came from the trials. They get whatever the pharmaceutical company decides that they can have. Like that's how fucked up the system is. That, that uh, yeah, I mean, that is just unbelievable. I, 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 what, are you, what are we doing here? <laughs> and we're gonna follow the science. Uh, we're not going to release it for 75 years. What we release is what they give us. And the, the trial, yeah, they'll abandon anything. You know, it's like, oh, well, morally speaking, I couldn't give him this because he had an adverse reaction to the first one. It's like, dude, that's the whole, like, what, what about morally speaking, uh, claiming that it has a 99% efficacy and giving it to 200 million people, even though you don't, even though that one guy had an adverse reaction. Oh, we'll just throw him out. I, I got no moral qualms about giving it to billions of people when I don't know what it's going to do because I abandoned all of the scientific protocol for doing a fucking trial. And by the way, let's give it to five-year-olds too. How that, what do you, what do you think they did with that trial? <laughs> and then there's like the part, there's the part where uh, Dr. Malone talks about how, when they were doing the trials and, and even looking at the data that's been coming out currently, like in the, uh, the adolescent boys, it, it's, there's actually a higher chance of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine than there is that you're going to have an adverse reaction to COVID or even catch COVID. Like that's, yeah, but we're supposed to just trust the science and by the science, they mean literally whatever Dr. Fauci and Pfizer says, not, not the actual statistical science. Exactly. And when, you know, people like, you know, average people like you and me point this out, it's like, well, you're not a scientist, you're not a doctor, you don't know what you're talking about. And then when uh, McCullough goes on Rogan, they boot him off YouTube. When Malone tries to tweet about it, they kick him off of Twitter. So they, they silence all of the doctors and the scientists that are speaking out against this. And then they claim that there's like 99% of scientists, like the same thing they do with climate change, right? It's like, oh, everybody agrees this. It's like, well, I don't agree. It's like, well, you shut the fuck up. You're done. Now everybody does agree. And so they silence all of the the opposition to it. And then when you point to like, you know, the authorities on it, it's like, oh, well, we're going to silence them. So nobody can actually hear what they say. And then we can just make these claims that everybody's in agreement. We, we have gone so far down this rabbit hole in such a short period of time. I, I don't, I don't even know where we go from here because these, all of these major cities, I mean, like the, the U S just like we talked about on, on your podcast a few months ago, it's got, it's got to break up. I, I don't see how, I mean, this has to be the, uh, the catalyst for that. If, the, if anything's going to do it, I'd imagine um, forcing your, you to inject something into your five-year-olds that they can go to Chuck E. Cheese with you. Um, that would do it if I was a parent. I mean, like, there you oh. go. 
Ah, yes. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about that meme when I was talking about it. <laughs> Step one, all the scientists agree. Step two, here's a scientist that doesn't. Step three, censored. And then step four, all scientists agree again. Yeah. I knew, yeah. I knew I would hunt that down. Like when you were mentioning that, I was like, I saw that meme. I saw that meme. I'm going to find it. Yeah. And that's exactly what they've been doing. And, you know, it amazes me that there's so many people that don't see see through it all and there's um do we have the the clip where he talks about the mass uh formation psychosis oh man i wish i had that is that, one. Is that, that in one? here let me see if that's in here hang on god damn justin say something profound while i search for this oh something profound all right so in i was we were doing inventory work. So I had literally 12 hour shifts where all I could do was sit at a desk and type shit into a computer. So I listened to a whole bunch of Rogan podcasts and like, it was really interesting to, to hear all of these different doctors, like Peter McCullough, uh, uh, Oh gosh, the Abramson guy. And then, and even Alex, Alex Berenson and Dr. Malone, like they're all talking about the same stuff. And, And when you really dig into it, like, these guys are actually providing legitimate statistical evidence for the things that they're saying, and they're getting censored. And, and that's been the thing that I've discovered through all of COVID is if you can provide legitimate, factual, statistical evidence of what you're saying, you will 100% get censored because they cannot have the real proof out there showing that the narrative is wrong. Like with the, uh, it's a good thing we're not on YouTube because this would get us kicked off anyway. Like there was a study from 2010 by Dr. Anthony Fauci and some other guy. Uh, I can't remember what the doctor's name is off the top of my head, but they did a, a study on the efficacy of masks. And what they determined from that study was that masks are only a viable option in a completely sterilized surgical type setting. And there was a full research paper done on this. So I, re- I just straight up read from the research paper when I did an, a YouTube an, an episode and it got removed by YouTube and I sent YouTube a link to the, to the research study. And I was like, all I did was read from this study. Like I'm not, I'm not promoting false narrative or anything that's not factual. Like here's the actual study within three weeks that study had been scrubbed from the internet. Like you, you can click on that link and it, gives you the error, you know, the 404 error does not exist. Like it's not there anymore. It used to be, but now it's not like, so not only are they censoring the actual information that's true, but anything that, that they have control of that contradicts the narrative, they are scrubbing that from existence. I mean, it's, it's like the pharmaceutical companies with they're doing their own studies and then releasing the evidence for peer review. They scrub anything that doesn't match what they want it to say. And then you only get the the doctored narrative that fits what they want you to believe. It's right. And, and then they pump you full of all sorts of fear to get you to, to buy into any of their prescribed solutions, no matter how ridiculous they are, no matter how ineffective they are. And that ought to bring us to, I got the clip lined up. How about that? That worked out well. Let me share my screen here. See this up. Basically, European intellectual inquiry into what the heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s. You know, 
very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. They literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you. I and I alone okay, can fix this problem for you. Okay, Then they will lead, they will follow that person. Through it doesn't matter whether they lie to them or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. This is central to mass formation psychosis. And this is what has happened. We had all those conditions. If you remember back before 2019, everybody was complaining, the world doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. Um, and then this thing happened and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens. And that is what's happened here. This from there we go. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened here. And I was just I just saw some some articles about this, about how there's, you know, they're admitting, you know, there's like a something out of Canada saying that they're admitted, the military is admitting that they use this as an excuse to like test out their psychological drills on people. It's like, they don't even have to admit it at this point. You know, it's like, we all like the, the ones of us that are seeing clearly know what that this has been going on. It's not like a really big admission at this point. This is, um, it is really interesting to watch it play out though. And I, you know, we, we would always say like, how, how did all this happen in, in 1920s, 1930s Germany? And man, you get the people primed up in that sort of way. You can get, you can clearly get them to do the most ridiculous things and go berserk on people that won't go along with the, the most ridiculous thing. Like, the, there was that lady that like flipped out of that guy on the plane. Cause he wouldn't put his mask on. Uh, like she was smacking him and, and like she had to be restrained. Like, just like, I'm not like, if, if you don't do like the most, literally the dumbest thing you've ever had to do, which is put your mask on for me, put your mask on for 10 feet walking through the restaurant in order to sit down at the table where you take it right off. That lady on the plane ended up getting arrested for assault. So there was some just desserts in that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you don't do that, people will, they will come at you like crazy. Like you did something like, like the way they should be going after these politicians for what they've done to the American people. Yet they're coming after you because you're, you're just defying the orders of the likes of, of the Lori Lightfoots of the world. It's, it's really something, man. The Amer like the, uh, the human psyche and how the, how all this stuff works. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny. Uh, I'm not funny. I mean, it's kind of disheartening the way there is a see, and I don't know if it's even that large of a percentage of the population, 
but it's definitely a very vocal percentage of the population that has just completely bought into every bit of it, hook, line, and sinker. Even, even in the wake of, like you've been seeing over the last three or four weeks, a lot of the stuff that we were accused of being conspiracy theorists and spreading myths, information and stuff for a year, year and a half ago, they are actually saying it and admitting it and nobody cares. Like they're just, they're just going with it. Like, like, okay, that's fine. Whatever they say next is going to be the truth though. Like they're not even questioning. Okay. If they have lied about that and everything else along the way, what else are they lying about? No, they they just they just take the whole thing in stride and move on to the next lie. Like it's like it's no problem. They they're just going to trust it until it's been until they've been told that it was wrong and then they're going to trust the next thing. Like they're not going to ever start questioning it or moving away from it. Yeah, it, it it's totally unbelievable. I I cannot get into the the mindset of a person that can be that psychotic and that manipulated i'm I'm, i guess in in that regard i'm fortunate that i've sort of always been a contrarian and that i found this sort of ideology before they really got their hooks into me because man like seeing these these poor people the um I, i saw that other girl on the plane she she said she took six or seven covid tests before the flight was wearing a face mask, two masks underneath it. And she took, she was starting to feel a little like tickle in her throat or something mid flight. So she took another COVID test in the middle of the flight and tested positive. And she quarantined in the bathroom of the plane from, she was flying from, I think, Chicago to Iceland. So it's not like she quarantined for 45 minutes or something. It was like nine and a half hours in the shitter. And then she quarantined in Iceland, like her whole vacation thing was like ruined too. Think about the level of psychosis that it requires that you would test yourself that many times pre-flight and then test yourself in the middle of a flight, like just to get up and go to the bathroom and give yourself a COVID test. That's how because you had a tickle in your throat. Like, like right. that, that's, and this is, you know, this is not some, and then of course it's like, that's not a false positive or anything. It was the other seven tests that were wrong. And, you know, and she's, you know, she's like a younger person. She looked to be in good health, it, it, but they've, they've got everybody so freaked out. And even, you know, even the people that do have all these underlying conditions and they're very old and, you know, compromised immune systems, they still have a very good chance of surviving COVID, especially Omicron. Like what's the, do we even have any numbers on the, the death rate of Omicron, Omicron, whatever? Yeah. Zero. Uh, to, to my knowledge, every death that had been attributed to Omicron at some point over the last month, month and a half, they have been able to come back and show that it was not actually connected to Omicron. Yeah. And I just, it's, I think the most unbelievable thing for me is that nobody's looking around. I was just watching, you know, I was watching last night was that movie look up or don't look up. Have you seen that? It was so good. I mean, yes. Oh my God. It's like, dude, just look around. 
how like <laughs> we've been living our normal lives now for the last two years. Um, I know I've had COVID at least once. I'm fine. I think my girl might have it now. She might have the Omicron. She's not feeling very well. She's sleeping in the next room. Hopefully we're not waking her up, but um, yeah, like she's got a fever now. She's got aches. She's not feeling well. See if I've, I've been exposed to every possible variant now. Hopefully I'll take down Omicron too. fucking bring it. You know, it's just like as they keep coming out, just keep getting them and you'll be the uh, one of these days. You'll be like patient zero for the, the actual vaccine. Right. Yeah, they should. Because I, I think I've had just about every like I Zika swine flu. Like I was, I was like, I've had everything just. And she's like, how come you're not feeling sick? I was like, I don't know. It's probably because I've got some crazy antibodies floating around my body. Um, What's well, funny since like, cause I had it uh, back early, early, like when it first, before it was cool to have COVID and uh, I haven't even been sick at all since then. Like other than a little touch of a, like a stomach ache, I haven't been sick period. And normally I get like a sinus infection at least once a year and stuff since I got it back in February of you know 2020. I haven't been sick once. I'm pretty sure it made me invincible. Yeah. And I mean, like you can just look around. I know these people don't know a lot of um, people that have died from COVID or had like serious complications. I mean, yeah, you do hear, I mean, of the millions of people you hear about like certain cases, but like, I don't think I'm in the minority saying that like, I don't, at this point, thankfully, knock on wood, know anybody that's had major complications from this. Nobody that's been hospitalized. Um, I know a lot of people that have gotten it. Some of them have lost their taste and smell, which is the, one of the scariest things to me, to be quite honest. Like, what if your sense of taste doesn't come back? I, but, I, I know of a I know of a couple that have died from, but like it was an older couple back home, and basically my ninety year old grandmother said they were pussies for dying of COVID. Like, oh, that's right, you told that story. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, I mean, they that's you know, an yeah, but you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like they were young and healthy and like you know yeah, they, were, I mean, they were probably close to on their way out anyway die of something i mean that's what 90 year olds do they die um that's just the reality of the situation and to to be to see all these young healthy people traumatically propagandized into freaking out taking eight or nine covid tests for one flight and then sitting in the in the shitter for 12 hours because you don't, because you don't want to give it to anybody else on the plane. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's a nice gesture, but like, she, like she didn't have to do that. She volunteered to do it. Um, it right, weren't they trying to get her out of like, weren't they trying to get her out of the bathroom and make her go back to her seat? Yeah. I don't know. I just watched like the little video that she put on. And I'm just like, my God, that the, uh, the, the propaganda is strong with this one. It's become a mental illness. I mean, it's, it's the like we we have jokingly called them COVIDians for a year and a half, but like it's it's gone beyond that. Like it, it's becoming a legitimate mental illness. Like and and at at what point in the future, in the next you know two, three, four years, do we start to see actual like diagnoses of uh, you know post COVID stress yeah. or distress syndrome or whatever? You know, yeah. It's going to be, yeah, like shell-shocked, but, but for COVID. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 
at first I had like just outright like disdain for a lot of these people. And then at, at a certain point, I just started to feel bad for them because they're, they're losing years of their lives. And for what, you know, for what, for, for something that, you know, if there was no media coverage of this, yeah, I forget who said it, but it was like, if you just didn't watch the news, we can go back to just like getting the flu once a year, like normal people. And, and like, you just get a fever and then, you know, you're better most of the time. And, you know, people that are really sick, get, you get pneumonia and then comp complications from that, you know, 85 year olds, nine year olds are going to die of pneumonia. I mean, that's, it sucks, but you know, that that's life. I mean, I don't know how you, you stop these things from happening. You certainly don't stop it by um, taking your your fifth or sixth booster shot. That wasn't effective the first four or five times. You know, it's just like the um, and then just the the whole the 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 most dangerous thing about this is what we've empowered these so-called public officials, uh, public servants, to do. Servants. Yeah, yeah. Lori Lightfoot, just the servant. She's not giving orders or anything like that. She's not giving orders specifically to be inconvenient because our time is up. You know, your, your, your time of living the life that you wanted to live the way you wanted to live it is over. You have to do what I say now. And we have another clip queued up here, I think, from the uh, Joe Rogan interview where he, where he discusses, where he just lambasts the government response. And I thought we should listen. This is, I'm sure this is one of the many, it, like he had a lot of, uh, he landed a lot of punches that would have gotten anybody kicked off of um, any platform, I think for, for, for talking this way. But this one I thought was particularly good. Let me, uh, let me share my screen here one more time. Mm -mm -mm. Our government is out of control on this. And they are lawless. They completely disregard bioethics. They completely disregard the federal common rule. They have broken all the rules that I know of, that I've been trained on for years and years and years. These mandates of an experimental vaccine are explicitly illegal. They are explicitly inconsistent with the Nuremberg Code. They're explicitly inconsistent with the Belmont Report. They are flat out illegal and they don't care. And the only thing standing between us, and it's too late for many of our colleagues, including my, you know, the unfortunate colleagues in the DOD, um, hopefully we're going to be able to stop them before they take our kids. Yeah. And I always, you know, there's been like three or four instances where the, the, the amount of overreach has been so far and above what I thought people would stand for. I was like, oh, no way we'll go for, you know locking yourself in your home for six months. As soon as the, the summer comes around, people are going to want to go outside and live their lives. And then that came and went. And I was like, no way they're going to be able to, uh, you know, institute vaccine passports and force you at your job to get injected with something. And no way. And then that happens. And then no way they're going to allow you, like make you force your five-year-old to take this vaccine that they've not tested on anything. And they, they certainly haven't tested it in the way they're trying to use it. Like, even if those trials were done to the letter of the law of, of the scientific law of how you're supposed to do it. There's no way they tested all these boosters. There's absolutely no way. 
And I and, think the biggest lie of the last four months or, or so was that the the vaccine got FDA approval when it never did. It just got an extension of the emergency authorization order. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember when the articles came out, oh, FDA fully approves the, the Pfizer vaccine and Moderna and all this shit. It's like, dude, they didn't. And the... Um, Actually, I might have that ivermectin clip up from that interview, too, where he talks about why he thinks that is so that they can keep the uh, emergency authorization use in effect, which has a number of implications to it. One, it gives, you know, anytime the, the government can declare an emergency, they get to take all kinds of these lawless powers that they're not normally allowed to take. Um I, I honestly, I don't think we should have any sort of emergency authorized use for anything. Like, obviously, I don't think we should have a government at all. But since we do, um, I don't think we sh they should be able to just be like, well, it's an emergency now. So all those things you said I couldn't do, I can do that. And you just have to bend over. Um, right. If you wouldn't allow it outside of an emergency situation, what makes it any different in an, in an emergency situation? Like, right. What, yeah, it's what what what's the what's the rationale that okay now that it's an emergency it's suddenly okay to do this like it, yeah. because it's an emergency situation does that mean it's okay for me to you know kill my neighbors or if because it's an emergency situation does that mean it's okay for me to go bust windows out of the store and steal everything that i want like what what's at, at that point we are you know we are crossing a a uh, you know crossing a rubicon of if this is okay in an emergency situation. What's not? And there's no justifiable way, or you know, there's no way to justify where that line is drawn anymore because you've already blown the line up. Yeah. Well, and then of course, who gets to decide what's an emergency? The people whose power is being restrained? Because that's certain, like if we're going to have emergency authorized use, it shouldn't be the people who you're trying to restrain from doing things that get to decide when it's an emergency. Like it should be us. And clearly look around. None of their predictions came true. Nothing they've said was going to happen actually happened. Only the things that the conspiracy theorists have said have come true. And we should be the ones deciding if this is an emergency. And it's clearly not. <laughs> and yet they, they keep going with it. Let me see if I got that uh, ivermectin clip. That's one more good one. And then I think we'll get out of here because we're running a little long on time, right? We had a lot to cover. We did. Yeah, it's been, I mean, yeah, I think a longer episode's appropriate since I, I, we took a little, uh, what, a week and a half off here, maybe even two, to, uh, you know, break all of the mandates, be with our families and our loved ones and, you know, not social distance eat big dinners with a lot of people, maybe do a little dancing on New Year's Eve. God, the, the things, the things we do. Um, mm -mm. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Here we go. I got it. Okay. See, I was trying to find the, the most recent, uh, like worldwide coronavirus deaths and stuff, which is interesting the way they count this stuff because yeah, because they don't while we play the clip. Okay. Because he's going to talk about how the number of um, unnecessary deaths yes. that he thinks. Yeah, that's a play. good clip. Yeah. By we, what I'm saying is the FDA created so much grief that the DOD 
decided it, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze and they wow. just dropped that arm. Why do you think that is? What do you think is going on with the, the, the pushback on ivermectin? So it's not just ivermectin, it's hydroxychloroquine. And just to put a, a marker on that, there's good modeling studies that probably half a million excess deaths have happened in the United States through the intentional blockade of early treatment by the U.S. government. That half is a, a million. Half a million. That is a well-documented number. Okay. And it's a combination of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Now, when you ask me why, you're asking me to get into somebody's head. What I can say as a scientist is what I observe. Um, the behaviors, the actions, the correspondence, these bizarre things like, uh, you know, don't you know it's a horse drug, y'all, right? Which is amazingly pejorative. I live in Virginia. Okay. I can tell you the people around me, I live in a rural county and I raise horses. Um, that was deeply offensive um, to use that language in that way. Um, but there's clearly been an intentional push. Okay. I guess that's the end of that clip. Damn it. I was hoping he would go into the, uh, the, the theory there of um, the emergency authorized use, but yeah, only, you know, only about 500,000 excess deaths out of how many did you get that total number? The, so the total number of deaths in the U S is 850,000. Yeah. Yeah. Was he talking worldwide or was he just talking about in the U.S.? He was talking about in the U.S. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. And and like the crazy thing about that is if you looked at all the, so well, like what I was getting to is like in world, world over, there are roughly 5 million deaths that have been attributed to COVID. Now that's not saying that they died because of COVID. That's just deaths that have, you know, been connected to COVID in some way. And you know, like it's, it's been, another thing that has come out that we were all saying early on was that the, the deaths and the cases and everything were being counted wrong. That's also been confirmed, but nonetheless, like they're a little over 5 million deaths worldwide. They were talking about, you know, two years ago that we were going to have 2 million deaths in the U S by the end of 2020. And like that's never materialized. Well, maybe they were um, overestimating their ability to excessively kill people unnecessarily by restricting the drugs that actually treat the, you know, treat the virus before you end up hospitalized. Yeah, that's nuts. It, yeah, it really is just um, unbelievable. Like, I thank God for Joe Rogan. I mean, this guy, nothing short of heroic putting these people, giving these people a microphone that tens of millions of people can see. Um, you know, I, I would love to have that sort of plat like a, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of that platform, maybe, maybe someday, but um, wow. I mean, like th these are, these are shattering the numbers on these, like a lot of people are seeing this and hopefully maybe, maybe 2022 is the year where, um, this this whole narrative just comes crumbling down, and the the the, the straw that breaks the camel's back are, are the Lori Lightfoots of the world. Um, speaking of like crumbling cities that are uh, just the, the budgets totally busted, they're in debt up to their eyeballs. The only thing keeping Chicago afloat right now is federal money. 
they got $400 billion or something. I forget what the exact number was and federal bail, bailout from the, you know, the COVID stuff. And, and then that's the only, their, their bonds are rated junk. They're junk bonds. They have been for years. They've, they've taxed all of, you know, they've taxed us to death in every single way, shape and form. My property taxes have gone up about 50% since 2014. Yeah. I, w- I was like, yeah, it was like five grand or something like that a year. And now I'm over seven, I'm over seven. And I use nothing. I don't use the roads or the school system or any of the other shit that they claim those taxes go to. When in reality, they're just going to pay these bloated pensions of all these corrupt politicians that, you know, got into bed with the government and um, used them to, uh, oh, got into bed with the, uh, the unions and, and use the American people to finance their endless permanent vacations. I mean, they, they retire at 55 now with 80% of their last three top earning years. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is going to take the next 30 years of your life off. And um, people, you know, kids that are in debt up to their eyeballs from trying to overpay for a worthless college degree, get to finance your trips to the South of France. Like my neighbors growing up, I think I might've talked about this years ago on the podcast, but they, you know, one was a retired teacher, talked French, and her husband had like three different pensions. He was in the military. He had like a private pension from a grocery store. And then he was the superintendent of a Chicago inner city school. He was making more in retirement than he ever made in any year working of his entire life. And they just, you know, spent six months in the South of France while the rest of these poor bastards are stuck in freezing cold shithole Chicago, wearing a mask wherever they go, uh, busting their ass at a job that they hate just so that they can pay for those pensions. And, um, and then you get the, the, the thanks that you get is Lori Lightfoot coming out and telling you that, yeah, your life is over until I say it isn't. And um, man, if that's not going to wake people up to what is actually at stake here and what is going on, I don't know what else is. I graduated high school in 2002. It would be my dream to travel back 20 years in time and tell a high school senior me that 20 years from now, Joe Rogan, the fear factor guy, brings down the U.S. government with a podcast. Oh my God. Yeah, you know, it is like cartoonish, but we're living in a cartoonish world anyway, so it's so fucking appropriate that it's going to be him. That's going to be him that brings this whole fucking thing down. And it's going to be him and Alex Jones and like Michael Malice. And it's going to be fucking glorious. I can't wait. Uh, Like we've sort of isolated ourselves from all of this nonsense. Um, We've been fortunate to be able to do that, but you know, it's not all luck. There's, there's a lot of time and effort and preparation that went into that. And we get to sort of watch this whole thing come crumbling down from a, hopefully what's, you know, a fairly safe vantage point. Um, and I, I've done everything I can do. To, I've told anybody that will listen that you know, something like this was coming. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. I didn't know that it was going to like come this quickly and in this sort of uh, dystopian 
totalitarian form. But man, it's it's going to be quite watching the fall of this empire is going to be quite the show. And uh, hopefully you guys uh, have a bunch of popcorn that you can put on and uh, watch the uh, hopefully th- these politicians and the, the architects of this whole thing get their comeuppance. But I, I can't say that I'm optimistic about that. Well, here's to the new year. I need a refill. <laughs> yeah, I'm empty. I don't have anything. I had a cup of coffee here, too. <laughs> I'm keeping a very weird schedule these days because uh, my girl teaches Chinese kids English. So I'm up at like 3.30 in the morning and going to bed at like, I mean, I still stay up pretty late because I'm kind of a night owl. But um, yeah, need a little boost before this one. But uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in front of the mic. And um, I think we should wrap there. Anything you need to announce? Anything you got to get off your chest before we wrap? No, I think that's about I think that's about it for me today. I mean, I, I think I had an entertaining episode yesterday. I did some uh, weird conspiracy theory type stuff on COVID. Uh, it will absolutely not be on YouTube because I'm not trying to get my channel nuked. Uh, I've, I've already gotten one channel nuked. I'm not going for and and the Lions of Liberty is getting pretty close. Like I'm not going for the trifecta of my own. So <laughs> so it's on uh, Rumble and Odyssey and and on all the podcatchers but I, I looked at the uh i looked at the pandemic from a slightly different point of view and i think i was pretty spot on but i, I also might have just sounded like uh some crazy uh like alex jones uh lizard people type stuff oh, too so yeah. you never know i, I you'll I try sound to crazy for about three or four months until they catch up with you <laughs> and then everything comes to fruition and you won't be vindicated in any of the, the main circles, the corporate press or anything like that. But at least it'll be on record somewhere. And hopefully somewhere in, in history, it won't be scrubbed from uh, the interwebs and everything like that. But uh, thank you all so very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Join our, fi- our private Facebook group. I don't even know how to do that. I know you got to go on the Facebook and, and search for peddling fiction. It should come up. There's a couple of questions you got to fill out and then you'll be in and you can, if you participate enough quickly, you'll be in for the uh, Friday night happy hours. Once a month, the top 10 participants in that group get invited. We're going to do one this Friday. I know I said I was going to do one uh, two Fridays ago. That was before I realized it was Christmas Eve. <laughs> Um, so I decided to uh, axe that one, but we're, we're back on our normal schedule this Friday. So the only other way to get into that group is to go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com and become a recurring monthly donor to help support the show here. Any denomination you want gets you in. And then every other Friday, starting with this Friday, you get to join us for a few cocktails and shoot the breeze with our little happy hour crew. It's going to be great to see everybody. I haven't seen anybody since the, the super spreader. So starting to miss all those guys. And we got a great little group there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you guys can do all that for us, we will be back later this week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.